praise you, I praise you, Father God, yeah, yeah, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, Father God, yeah, yeah, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, Father God, yeah, yeah, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, Father God, yeah, yeah, I praise you. Jesus came to the earth legally. Died on the cross, rose in three days just for me. Well, not just for me, he did it for everybody. Only thing our father is asking for you to believe. I believe, yes, 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 I do. And I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, Father God. Yeah, yeah, I praise you. Yeah, to and every day. at Pentecost. After Peter's sermon, the Jews cut to the heart and asked Peter, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Peter here is clearly equating salvation and forgiveness of sins to baptism because the Jews asked him, what should we do? Peter did not say just believe rather he said repent and be baptized another verse that speaks of forgiveness of sins and baptism is Acts 22 and 16 where he said and now why do you wait rise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on his name here it is clearly shown that baptism does wash away sins where many Baptists would claim Acts 2 and 38 means be baptized because you already have the forgiveness of sins. This is a faulty misinterpretation of the verse. And Acts 22 and 16 is much harder to understand because baptism is clearly shown as the act of washing away sins. The reason baptism forgives sins is because Jesus' death forgave our sins. And it's clear from the Bible that Jesus' death on the cross makes it possible for our sins to be forgiven. Galatians 1 and 4, 1 Peter 2 and 24, 1 John 2 and 2. But the question is how can we become partakers of Christ's sacrifice and have the benefits he won for us at Calvary? Paul explains in Romans 6, 3 and 4, he says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into his death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. If we were buried with him into his death, which atoned for our sins, then the conclusion here is that since we are baptized into his death, we receive all the benefits he won for us through his death so that baptism works. Forgiveness of sins rescues from death and the devil and gives eternal salvations to all who believes this as the words and promises of God declare you have put on Christ another verse that explains how baptism 
can do such great things is Galatians 3 and 27 which reads for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ what this verse is saying is that all who have been baptized have put on Christ this is equipped Christ another way to put it is that in baptism Christ and his merits are applied to us Paul says in Romans 13 and 14 that we should put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh if Christ is applied to a person that person is saved because of Christ many in this day ask how do we put on Christ it is by prayer by doing good works um, how do we put on Christ? The scriptures are clear that we put on Christ by being baptized into his death and receiving renewed life. Oh man, being baptized and receiving new life. And that's so beautiful. Now let's get into the second question, which is what is confession and absolution? Confession is a sacrament instituted by Christ in order to assure believers that they are truly forgiven. When they have doubts and they don't believe that they can be forgiven or will be forgiven, then you could erase those doubts in confession and absolution. Alright? In the book of John, Christ tells the apostles if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness of any, it's withheld. John 20 and 23. So go look at that for real. If a particular sin is bothering a Christian much and he is constantly tormented by this, his conscience, he should seek his pastor to receive the absolution. In confession, we confess to the pastor our sins. After in the stead of Christ, the pastor absolves us of our sins, assuring us with a sure and objective sign that we are forgiven of our sins. In other words, in confession, we hear Christ speaking the forgiveness of our sins through the pastor. Contrary to the Roman church, we do not teach that confession is necessary to be put back into the state of grace, nor do we need to go to the pastor to be forgiven. Confession is a sacrament meant to assure us of our forgiveness through faith in Christ it's not necessary for salvation okay alright let's move on to the next one what is law and gospel okay in scriptures we find two different things the law and the gospel now what are the law and gospel put simply the law is something that the bible says we must do for god such as be perfect <laughs> and the gospel is what god has already done to win our salvation this distinction between law and gospel is critical in understanding the scriptures the law can never save anyone so we cannot be saved by our own works or obedience to the law if we ignore this distinction we fail and then we fall deep into error and believe in a logistical gospel such as the roman church taught in luther's day the bible is what saves us for in it 
we are offered Christ crucified and we receive salvation. The gospel is the good news. And when we accept it by faith, we are saved. We must carefully distinguish between law and gospel. Whenever the Bible says you must do something to be saved, example, the Ten Commandments, this is the law. But where the Bible says what God has already done for you, this is the gospel. Only the Lutheran Church maintains this stark distinction. All right. Next one. What are the sacraments? Mm. The sacraments are means of grace by which God offers to us grace and forgiveness, offering the promises of the gospel in visible and tangible form. It is for this reason that the reformers often called the sacraments the visible gospel. The sacraments were instituted by Christ in order to give us solid and objective promises that the gospel is for us personally. Christ knows that we struggle with assurance and that we often ponder and doubt over our salvation. The sacraments consist of two elements. Firstly, the visible sign and the secondly, the word. The Lutheran Church, there are three sacraments instituted by Christ for our sake, namely baptism, communion and confession and absolution in these three sacraments christ offers us the gospel in objective and tangible form so i hope i hope that helped you out just a little bit to know a little bit more about our church uh what we believe um i got some more but uh i'll save that for another podcast all right i love you all with the love of the lord and then uh let's pray Father God, thank you for listening to us and helping us understand more and more about you. I mean, first off, we're learning that we need to step out of the picture and to put the picture more focused on you and get ourselves out of the way. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We understand that because of your son, Jesus, dying for our sins is the only reason why we can obtain and have uh, everlasting life. We can outside do nothing except praise you. And by praising you, you make the things happen. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Praising him still, my father is preparing a place for us right up there. Let's keep encouraging each other right here in the house of prayer. Every day, Hallelujah. tune in every day, every day for another podcast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the house of prayer. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I love you.